Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode contains some of the most spine-chilling music there is. If you're keeping up with Cacophony in real time and listening in or around May 2022, then you may know that I'm celebrating 10,000 downloads of the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for your support. I'm really grateful. And you might be expecting celebratory music as a result, but I'm afraid it's very different music today. Music that's private, intense, occasionally witty, often exhilarating, and sometimes close to terrifying. It's a shifting, uneasy nighttime world. It's the Hungarian Bella Bartok's music for strings, percussion and celesta. One of the things I love about doing cacophony is that I'm always learning new stuff. Not just about the music that I cover, but bits of incidental history or geography or all manner of other connected stuff. And I've just disappeared down a slightly appropriate Charlie Chaplin rabbit hole. There's a theory, you see. I've seen it in one place on the internet, on the website of the Houston Symphony Orchestra, where one Calvin Dotsi suggests that in the final movement, Bartok parodies a song from Charlie Chaplin's film Modern Times. Here's Bartok. And now here comes Chaplin. This is one of the big Chaplin moments. One of the big moments in movie history, I guess. Where Chaplin reluctantly steps away from what he saw as the universal language of the silent film and where his voice is heard for the very first time. He moves from the silent world to the world of the talkie. And he does so not in speech, but singing a nonsense song, where the words are a mashup of French, Italian, Spanish, all combined to make gibberish. And in doing so, He's both bowing to the inevitable and giving it the finger at the same time. Do you hear the similarity? I kind of do, but at the same time I can see why it's not mentioned by everyone. But the film Modern Times, the last time that Charlie Chaplin appeared on film as his famous tramp character, is a commentary on the modern world, as it was in 1936. A world of industrialisation, stress, poor employment and financial conditions. And it was a film inspired in part by a conversation that Chaplin had with Mahatma Gandhi. The film actually opens with a herd of sheep that cuts directly to a herd of workers streaming out of the subway, clocking on at the factory. You can watch bits of the film on YouTube. I'll put a link in the podcast notes. It's well worth a look, especially the skating scene, which is really good fun. But this dystopian comedy of Chaplin somehow seems entirely apt 
when thinking about Bella Bartok's highly individual music for strings, percussion and celesta, which came out later the same year, on the other side of the Atlantic, in a central Europe facing problems of its own. There's nothing quite like it. It's written for a string orchestra that Bartok divides in two, creating two orchestras placed on either side of the stage. In the middle, percussion, with big parts for timpani, xylophone, and where percussion includes piano, because in a piano the strings are hit by hammers. And then the celesta, which I always describe as a set of bells played by a piano keyboard. For a minority instrument that doesn't get out much, it's amazing just how often I find myself having to describe a celesta. There's also a harp, which counts as one of the string instruments. As the title says, Music, capital M. It's as if Bartok wants to play up the abstract nature of the piece. It's not a symphony, not a concerto, certainly not a tone poem, a piece with a programme or story. Just music. And what music? Lasting around half an hour, in four equal sections, it's exceptionally cleverly put together. Two broadly slow movements, each followed by a broadly fast movement. The first is an arch, starting and ending at the same place. But the whole piece is also a sort of arch, with the other movements all using the same or very similar tunes to that from the first movement. It's brilliantly crafted, lean and taut, every note counts for something. And he also gives us a total exploration of the possible sounds from his unusual palette of instrumental colours. But it's not the cleverness you hear. To me, it's mainly fear. This is not a piece to listen to anywhere noisy, because Bartok begins with, and often returns to, music of the utmost quiet, and you'll want to hear everything. The first section, that big arch, is a giant fugue, Instruments enter in turn playing the same tune, building relentlessly from an almost silent beginning. It's uneasy, you don't really know where you are or what's going on, because Bartok's theme itself is unsettled, but also because he changes the number of beats in the bar, in every bar, so there's nothing for us to get a handle on. As it develops, I think at best you might describe this as mysterious. I find it chilling. It reaches a climax at a point as far as Bartok can get harmonically from the starting point, and then it works its way back to the beginning. But when the Celesta gets going, it becomes even more spine-tingling. The second movement brings an injection of energy. It's fast, a sort of dance. If you've heard previous episodes featuring Bartok's music, and the very first numbered cacophony episode does, you'll know that Bartok was hugely influenced by Eastern European folk music, and there are traces of it in here. There's so much going on. The timpani and piano are particularly prominent. It's completely exhilarating. Bartok amazes with the sounds he can deliver from the unusual combination of instruments. There are flashes of wit and smile, 
but I wouldn't go as far as to say this was happy. It's more a frenetic, nervous energy that leaves us open-mouthed and exhausted. Next comes an example of what has come to be known as night music. Bartok wrote a lot of music like this. We're back in a strange and dark world. A world of strange xylophone solos and sliding timpani notes. The magical world of visions and nightmares. Once again, deeply unsettling. Will the last section bring respite? Well, up to a point. It's another dance. Folk rhythms are plenty. Instruments strummed like guitars. Virtuosity. Furious energy. Yeah, wit. There's the comedy chaplain moment, but then as we get towards the end, that soaring, intense string tune from the very start returns. It really is a wonderful piece of music, this. And the intensity doesn't let up for the whole half hour. It's completely gripping and absorbing and leaves me feeling exhausted and empty, hollowed out even. I find that after listening to it, I don't want to hear anything else. I'm not even much good at talking to anyone else. I'm just left in a sort of daze, awed by the brilliance, and quite genuinely terrified by the journey. So I'd really love to know what you make of this. As always, there are links in the podcast notes to performances on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music along with that key scene of Charlie Chaplin. Have a watch or a listen, and then drop us a comment on social media or at cacophonyonline.com. Or send me a brief voice message. That's my favourite. If you'd like to support Cacophony financially, you can, and there's a link to do that too. But most importantly, I'd love it if you could share Cacophony widely. Let all your friends and family know about it. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.